This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A gutsy victory against Chelsea to drag City back into a title race. Well, we've seen that one before. This time, it was the women, not the men, getting the job done as Gareth Taylor's side sweep past the current WSL champions to take themselves level on points with leaders Manchester United at the top of the tree. It's Monday the 27th of March. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Happy Monday everyone, happy Monday Oli. How was your weekend? Get up to anything fun? Uh, Not really, Uh, just lounged around a bit was very happy when I found out the, the women's game was on early enough to, you know, where, where it doesn't get to that point on a Sunday where you're just lazing about and thinking, oh, I could go to bed now. Um, <laughs> but it kind of li- it livened up the whole day, I think, livened up the whole weekend. Really good result. Yeah, really yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously we'll get into that. Um, yeah, 12.40 kickoff. It's a bit, you know, like, hmm, what's this about on a Sunday? Mm. But no, it was nice, especially we look, in, in the UK, we lost an hour on Sunday. It was when our clocks went forward. So that made it a tiny little bit harder to get out of bed. But uh, no, a fantastic result. We'll get into that in a sec. Before we do, though, as always, moment of the weekend. Uh, obviously, no men's team this week to, to sort of pick off a moment from so we've got a, we're a bit we're a bit scrimping but um sort of city women aside was there anything that stood out for you um well you know when i usually pick a moment of the weekend it's either cricket or you know involving some sort of celebrity and this time it's the cricket uh it the absolute superstar that is izzy wong and the mumbai indians winning the first version of the women's premier league the big franchise competition in india i mean the whistle 
yeah, the the Whipple. I just think what an what an amazing moment for women's sport. I mean, it's, I mean, we're talking about a women's football match on here, which is something the Serie Report podcast don't very don't do very often. Uh, but you know what? I think women's cricket is just going to grow to exceptional levels, and it's because of you know, like we've seen with the Lionesses, and you know, players like Chloe Kelly and Lauren Hemp, and you know, and, and all the superstars there. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot with the same in women's cricket with you know superstars like Issy Wong and obviously Heather Knight and Sophia Dunkley, Alice Capsey, and all these players who've been out in the women's Premier League. I just think it's an amazing. Twenty twenty three is going to be a really good year for women's sport. That's all I yeah, can say. W- yeah, football World Cup in the summer as well for the Lionesses, and um, obviously England have have done fantastic stuff in the cricket. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Izzy Wong in terms of men or women's football for those who don't follow cricket as this sort of she's a a rapid, rapid bowler, but she's an up and coming star. Broke onto the scene about. 12 months ago, 18 months ago. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, maybe come to me. I don't know if you've got any ideas. I, I think the best I can think of is in, in the men's game, like Phil Foden, but four years ago. Yeah. Like that's that, like that sort of vibe. It just kind of gives that kind of vibe. In women, in women's football, I mean, you could pick probably any of City's superstars because they're all ridiculously young, which is just outstanding, really, I think. But, um, yeah, yeah. Great moment. Definitely, definitely. Uh, my moment of the weekend then. Well, I, I had a bit of a mixed weekend. I was, mm. uh, it's my brother's birthday today. Happy birthday, Morris. But we had some family over sort of Saturday and Sunday and had some good time with them. I, I got my bike back out for the first time in, in about a year. I went, I went, well, I went for a cycle and then a, about a kilometre in, my, I just did a ch- and my chain had snapped. Oh, so no. I had to sort of trundle it back tail between my legs but that's all fixed now uh, and should be heading out again mm. later on today so, but i think mo- go on so is that so is that you getting a gopro and going full jeremy vine then <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> shouting and screaming at any buses that cut me up but i think my moment of the weekend would actually have to be the moral panic that arsenal fans have found themselves in after i'm not gonna call it an o- innocuous challenge from rodri but a, a sort of a yellow card, potentially red card, definitely penalty, but nothing too untoward. I've I've seen think pieces and opinion pieces being written by Arsenal bloggers saying that Rodri needs to be dropped down the side of a mountain and that he needs to his mother needs to die or something like that, or he needs to be getting an ACL. It's such a bizarreness. Oh. I've I've never seen it. at this point. I'm just hoping Liverpool have a strong season next year because give me the scousers <laughs> back over Arsenal oh, any day. It's just it's just weird. I don't get it. Like. I, I I can obviously understand it being a football fan, you know. You, you want you want your team to do well, you want your players to do well. Um but when it gets to that level where you're almost wishing death upon someone for what a cha- a challenge in a football game, a competitive game we should add. It's not it's not an international friendly, it's a mm. European qualifier. Rodri was just simply not not to go Roy Keane, but he was doing his job. That's what he does. Mm. That's the player he is. It wasn't it wasn't a particularly dirty challenge. It was I think and then I think Odegaard got a yellow for protesting it, which is you know and then Arsenal fans are like, Oh, this is a conspiracy theory. I mean they are they are the kings of coming up with conspiracy thinking the world's against them, aren't they? I'm fully in agreement. Yeah. Give me back the scousers, they're bearable at least. Yeah, yeah. Who who the fuck were saying this twelve months ago? <laughs> Funny how times change. God knows who we'll be beefing with next year. Maybe I don't know Norwich fans or something like that. The way football's going. Um, right, okay. Let's get into the main topic for today, which is of course City's two 0 victory over Chelsea. If you're not up to speed, that is obviously the women's team. Big top of the table clash. Um, before we do, admin as usual, follow, subscribe if you haven't already, rating and a review if you can. Back to daily schedules this week. Five episodes Monday 
Monday through to Friday. But as for the match, Ollie, first half goals, two first half goals set, set City on the way. It was a game City needed to win. Gareth Taylor said beforehand he dubbed it a must win if City wanted to retain their status in this title challenge and win it they absolutely did. It was almost, bar maybe the first 10-15 minutes where Chelsea had a couple of chances, Sam Kerr, as she always does, wriggles into a position where she finds to get a shot away. Didn't really challenge Roebuck, but apart from that first 15-20 minutes, City were such comprehensive winners. It was almost a bit shocking in the good sense because we've not necessarily seen this from this iteration of City's City's women's team for, for quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really interesting season for them because, you know, they came in, you know, having lost a lot of players in the summer and there were a lot of, you know, women's football writers, a lot of think pieces about what's going on in Manchester City. You know, we lost so many superstars, people who've been the bedrock of the team for a very long time. And everyone was thinking, oh, this is going to be the year it doesn't go well. You know, maybe it's a chance for someone else. And that's kind of happened, you know, lost the first two games of the season, one of them being against Chelsea um, away in London. Uh, it, but it was a real, a really, really pr- professional performance from City, you know. And it's kind of like the, the perfect medicine in an international break, isn't it? When you just miss it, missing the football, and then a City team comes comes on comes on the TV on BBC as well, which is always good, it's always good to have it on free to air, and just put in a performance like that, you know. We're used to seeing this City side under Gareth Taylor, you know, not always be the sum of their parts, but today there were that and more. Um, Yui Hasegawa, just an absolute animal in midfield. Uh, Chloe Kelly as well, as as she always does, runs the show. I mean, if you follow my Twitter, whenever I talk about the women's team, the first name I always mention is Chloe Kelly. I just love her. I just think she's an absolute genius. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, and some can say, oh, Bunny Shaw, not gay and go, that's interesting. But, you know, she's got a, a Haaland-like record for those who don't follow the women's team. Uh, just a really strong performance all around from them. Can't complain. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we'll we'll get to City's Wonder Women wing um, in in a moment or two, and we'll speak about Chloe Kelly because I'm I'm in awe at how she's not bounced back in the pejorative sense from the from the Euros win, but we've seen it with plenty of instances in the past where a player scores a major a, a major goal at a tournament to win the tournament, and suddenly they could nosedive. But she's got her head screwed on completely but in terms of going back to to the opponent in Chelsea they were coming into this off a massive massive win against a giant of women's football in Lyon in midweek in the Women's Champions League they've got another game to come up against them uh, I think it's either next week or the week after so you know you could make excuses for their mind being elsewhere but bear in mind this is a team that have won three of the last Women's Super League titles they are the behemoth of English women's football at the moment albeit this season has been a little bit rocky for them City did an absolute job on them. If you'd just watched that 90 minutes, you'd have assumed completely that City were the dominant team in all aspects. And and it just isn't true. You know, Gareth Taylor, as deservedly so, and probably mostly from yourself, Ollie, been criticised during his reign as City boss. And, you know, he's got an expiring contract, but he, he got his tactics spot on against Chelsea. This is Emma Hayes speaking about the biggest manager or the biggest face of women's management in the game. I've, you know, been touted for jobs high up in the men's pyramid and he absolutely bossed it. Uh, Taylor, this is, with the, with the way he set up. What was it that was so? Was it was it a case of obviously Chelsea had 
spells with possession, but I wouldn't necessarily say they dominated it completely. But City were able to be a little bit more conservative, whereas in recent in recent weeks against different opposition, you've seen them obviously dominate themselves and, and maybe struggle to to break a team down when Bunny Shaw hasn't found that goal. Against Chelsea, it was a completely opposite. City played within themselves and, and like I said, were deserved winners. Yeah, I mean, the thing with games like this is it can be one where the pressure can, you know, it can make or break it. It can make or break a team. Um, and this is about as big as it gets, you know, for Manchester City. If they lost today, I think Gareth Taylor said it before the game, if, if City lost today, the title race would, you know, you don't want to say it's over, but, you know, all the fans would be thinking there's, there's no chance, you know, it's a fight for securing that all-important third spot for um Champions League football, but you know to to come into a game, you know when when it the for, the form's been you know the wins have been there. Obviously, lost last week in the FA Cup, which is a huge blow to the season mm. against a against the good Aston Villa side. But you know to put in a performance like that, you know just so I, I said I said it before, but so professional. And you know it's not just you know calling on you know the experience of someone like Steph Horton or Alex Green, but at the back who are you know still for me two of the best centre backs in England. Um, you know, to have such a youthful midfielder. I mean, we bought Yui Hasegawa in the summer to replace Kira Walsh, and she's been one of our players of the season. She's been absolutely phenomenal, and mm. she's just shown it again today. You know, complete, we completely revamped that midfield. You know, Philippa Angeldahl's been back in for six, seven weeks at, at least now. Laura Coombs has been an absolute star, earned an England recall with her form from the start of the season. Um, you know, th- there's a really nice balance in the City squad at the moment, which is not what you, you can say for previous seasons. Sometimes it's been a bit top-heavy, sometimes with lack defenders. But I think there's, there is a really nice balance with this squad at the moment. And Gareth Taylor, to, to his credit, you know, he, he's, he's mostly getting it right at the moment. You know, it's in the WSL, that is at least, you know, I think I think our last loss was against was that Chelsea lost the second game of the season. You know, a ridiculous unbeaten run. And, you know, we, we've seen it. You know, for for those who don't follow women's football, the best way I can put it is we've seen it with City in the men's game so many times. How often do they go on that run, you know, in the second half of the season and just put together what ultimately defines their season, um, in the league at least? So, you know, maybe Gareth Taylor's seen that and thought, right, what we need to be is we need to be stoical, we need to be strong at the back. And then we can let our attackers just free reign because, you know, you don't, you don't need to coach Bunny Shaw into how to score a goal. You don't need to coach Lauren Hemp into how to, you know, deliver that killer pass or Chloe Kelly to deliver that killer cross. You know, they know that these players are smart. They know how to do things. They've, they've achieved incredible, you know, the England, the England players, they've achieved incredible things in the last year or so. Um, more going back in Serena Vegan's reign. Um, and they're bringing it back to club level, which has not always been the case. And sometimes it's been vice versa. They've not always been able to translate club form into England form. But, you know, there's just something clicking about Manchester City. And, you know, two or three weeks ago, you wouldn't say they were really in the title race. But to put up a 2 win against Chelsea, I mean, that is outstanding, really. Yeah, and... and... The WSL is one of those leagues, obviously, there's there's a reduced number of teams compared to what we're used to in the men's game. So you really are speaking about a league within a league. And at the top of the table, uh, we'll do a bit of digging into what comes next for City. Can they still sort of, is there a chance they could eventually lift the title? Because uh, they are still tiny, tiny outsiders at the moment. But you've got Arsenal, you've got uh, Chelsea, traditionally the two biggest clubs. You've got City, who have been there for a good number of years. And, and most recently, you've got United, who are currently leading the way. And, and essentially, your your season for those four teams is defined on what they do against each other. And City have, have 
have laid down a marker, absolutely laid down a marker with that with that victory against Chelsea. Um, as for as for the, the two wingers, then which one do you want to start off with? Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp. You can you can decide which one you think is is more deserving of the of the first slot. We'll get onto both of them, but uh, as well, for the first one, I think we'll start with Lauren Hemp. Uh, you know, goal scorer today, got the assist for the first goal as well, um, and she's just an absolute genius with a ball at her feet. Um, Usain Bolt was in attendance today, which is interesting considering he's usually rocking up on the other side of Manchester. Mm. Uh, but He wanted to see some proper football. Yeah, he, wa- yeah he, wanted, he wanted to see some proper football and he, and he ended up walking away with Lauren Hemp's shirt. Uh, Esme, <laughs> Esme Morgan in her you know, post-match press saying, I think I think Lauren Hemp's faster than Usain Bolt, which is a big statement to make. But the way she, <laughs> but the way she played today, you probably wouldn't doubt her. I mean, she's just magical. Uh you, mm. you know, when people when people compile their list of favourite footballers to watch, I mean, you can pick either of these two, Kelly or Hemp, but, you know, for me, Lauren Hemp is just one of the most wonderful footballers to watch because she's just, she's got that almost, you know, gazelle-like prowess running, running up the mm. pitch. But, you know, she's so smart, so technical. I mean, that assist today, you know, just a cheeky disguise, little layoff. And you know, and you can and you can comment on it saying, you know, well, Chelsea shouldn't have given Angledal so much time on the ball. They should have defended better. The goalkeeper could have done better. But to even have the chance to, you know, have that goal, it all comes from Lauren Hemp and just the amazing work that she she can just find those tricky little spaces, find her way out of things. Um, she's an absolutely marvelous player. And and if you want an illustration of just how good she was doing, even in the early parts of the game, on the 36th minute, Emma Hayes uh, sort of rips up the game plan and, and takes off Sophie Ingle and Lauren James, who Lauren James playing on that side is one of the best footballers in the women's game. She is as as talented as you can get in terms of, you know, Sam Kerr for me is probably up there top three players in the world if not the best in the world on a day Lauren James is certainly getting to a point where she's in that category of top 10 best in the world taken off 35 minutes gone Chelsea 2-0 down and it was because of that left and let that left hand side for City with Lauren Hemp primarily causing mayhem in the second half as well Chelsea's right back Mielda taken off Lauren Hemp is just she is the sort of player who you would never ever 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 want to get in any sort of 1v1 battle with whether that's with sort of Standing, standing up with scale, whether that's with pace, and and she, you, that was the absolute best of Lauren Hemp, I think, and it, it it has been difficult in the, especially in the early part of the season, for her to properly demonstrate the quality she has, but um, certainly w- w- when she's on fine form, there's there's few, if if any, better in the WSL. As for the other side, then Chloe Kelly, I mentioned it at the start, um, she's a name that is immortalised they almost feel in English football and, and that can that can be to a player's detriment. She's she's only young. I remember um of this parish, Ollie Kirsch, when he was doing his his Mancunian Way podcast, he had a, a conversation with with her agent at the time, uh, and I assume it probably still is, and you know, literally maybe a week after the the England Lionesses won the Euros and you know he was saying that every every email he gets and, and he represents some some big names I think Dan Juma was one of them that he spoke about but every email he was getting at the time was media appearances for Chloe Kelly it'd have been easy wouldn't it Ollie for this season to have been drowned out by the spotlight somewhat but she came back in I think either missed the first game of the season or she may have even been involved in that Aston Villa game. She was definitely there for the Chelsea defeat and has, has grounded herself and, and suddenly with the departure City had last season has come in and is, is one of the senior players, which is crazy for someone who's 25, but she's she's risen to that and taken it on her shoulders, having obviously 
about 18 months ago, suffered a, an almost, you know, a devastating ACL injury that, that was nearly keeping her out the Euros. So the last 12 months, I guess what I'm trying to get at, the last 12 months have been just a constant, uh, uh, a barometer has gone up and up and up. And, and, and again, a fantastic performance against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it earlier myself, She's she probably is my favourite player in the women's game. I've I love Chloe Kelly. I just think she's a, she's just one of those footballers, you know, the type of footballer that gets you on your feet. Um, and you know, we can and we can talk about that goal in the Euros final forever and ever and ever. And I would happily talk about that final, that goal in the final forever and ever and ever. Uh, but you know, to see a comeback to City, um, and you know, it, it was it was a tough start, tough start to the season, as we've said. And just you know, not so much get get the goals. I think I think it took a four or five games to get a first goal of the season, um, which is which is never nice for an attacking player. When you know you just when you keep trying, you know you're putting in the performances, but the goals just aren't coming. I mean, we've seen that with Jack Grealish in the men's team. You know how just you know in his first season, week after week, he were putting amazing performances, and you know, and he'd be getting into great positions, and the goal just wouldn't come. And it was and it felt a bit like that for Chloe Kelly for a few weeks. Uh, but you know that as soon as it clicks, you know this front three have just fired into life. Um, I mean, Bunny Shaw never stopped anyway. But you know, Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly, especially, they've just gone on to new levels. No, you know, when a club goes through such an overhaul as they did in the summer, you know, it's it's at that point the manager's got to turn to his players, and you know, he's got to pick, and he's got to pick the people who he knows he can trust. And he trusts Chloe Kelly. He trusts Lauren Hemp. He trusts Bonnie Shaw to just consistently do it. I can't think of many, if any, WSL games that those three haven't been the starting front three. I'd have to check. Um, but uh, just another phenomenal performance from her today. And you know, it's not. And it's not. And you know, we won't be one that goes on the stat sheet. You know, people go, "Oh, she didn't get a goal. She didn't get an assist." But she ran riot um, against Buchanan. And you know, they had that little kind of push and shove. You know, towards the end of the game picking up a booking and that's the kind of winger Chloe Kelly is she's just one who's just she's a you know she's fierce she's you know properly getting in your face knows how to terrorize a fullback um and that's what you want that's what you want you want those lightning fast wingers who can just deliver a pinpoint cross who can just constantly make a medicine so they'll stretch the game and that's what she's been doing for City all season um and if City are to win the title or you know or get in the Champions League spot she's going to be a huge part of why yeah, yeah, and, and nice set up because in part two we will speak about that title race. Join us for that in a moment. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home. I'm glad to say once again for daily Manchester City content. Obviously, the international break uh, skewed that a little bit, but we'll be back Monday to Friday with daily episodes starting with today's, obviously. Um, let's let's get on to the WSL title race then, Ollie, because I'm I'm struggling to remember one which has been as competitive as this with so many teams. So for, for those who may, that, who may need reminding, um, the top three teams qualify for the Champions League. There is no Europa League. There is no Europa Conference League. That is it for European football. Currently in the race for that, there are four teams, but also at the same time, all four teams are in the race for the title. So as it stands, we've got Arsenal in fourth. They've played 15. They're on 35 points. We've got Chelsea in third. They've played 15. They're on 37 points. Above that, a City played 16 on 38 and level with City. Uh, in first position on goal difference, played 16 on 38 points, and Manchester United. 
this is going to get tasty, isn't it? There's, there's not that many games of the season left. I think it's six or seven. Um, City have still got to go to United. That's the penultimate game of the campaign. Chelsea have got to play Arsenal. I'm excited. No, oh, it's hard not to be excited, isn't it? You know, not only, not only have City got to, you know, go, go to the other side of the. Well, I say the other side of the city. It's in Lee. It's not. It's not in <laughs> Manchester, uh, like the men's club. So at least, at least yeah, they, they like that, there. don't they? At United. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> uh, but obviously, they're playing Arsenal next weekend, which is an, mm. another huge game. And you know, Arsenal probably the best, the most well supported women's team in the game and they're going to be looking to you know get a blow out of it keep themselves in the race even if they're not even if they're thinking the title's drifting away from them especially with uh, uh Chelsea's game in hand uh they've also got a game in hand you know it's it's one of those where anything can happen there's enough games left to where any four of these teams could win the title and whoever finishes fourth is going to be well whoever finishes second third and fourth are going to be crushed but whoever finishes fourth and misses out in the Champions League it could be, you know, soul destroying. But you know, with with it with a United team on top, I don't. That's not as a City fan, I don't like that. You know, we can all talk about how great the women's game is. Oh, aren't they so impressive? And you know, Alessia Russo, Ella Toon, two Mary Earps as well, fantastic, fantastic players. But they're United players at the end of the day. I don't want them winning a title. <laughs> I don't want them winning anything. Um, you know, yeah, and, and and especially they've only been around, they've only been back around for a few years. You know, City won a title before Man United women were even formed. In their current iteration, uh, they don't have a training ground. Uh, they borrow a sports village stadium. Um, I think it's I think it's almost a little bit of a mockery to the WSL if they were to just rock up and win it. Um, yes, but, but at the same time, you know they, they have been fantastic this season. They've been one of the standout teams, and not what people expected either. You know, people don't, mm. people people have kind of seen Man United as in that second in that second tier of the WSL. Um, not not figuratively, but you know, in that kind of second grouping of the clubs in the league, um, they've never really been able to breach the top three. But they've become a serious outfit. They're well in this title race. But you know, Chelsea, they've got the experience. They've got that game in hand. That could prove. That could change everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, going back to United, they have been fantastic this season. The the division's top scorers. I think they've got the joint best defense in the league as well, along with Arsenal. They're a really, really. And that pains me to say, it, but in terms of the personnel, they're a really likable team and a very good football team. However, the entity. And not even just the United badge and the brand, but like you say, what they stand for and how the the women's team has been treated. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit torn because I think it'd be it'd be great for the players if they were to, for women's football if they were to win uh, a league title in such sort of um, difficult circumstances that they're dealing with when you when you compare it to the the men's team and the treatment they get and you know United fans love to speak about the lack of investment in certain areas you know infrastructure fair enough that's a fair argument but in terms of the playing squad it's certainly you know it's worlds apart and and, un, and you can understand and you know the arguments there as to why but in terms of them winning the title it'd be it'd be crazy for them however it's Manchester United as you say and, and it is still a despicable organization that should be uh that, that nobody should wish any happiness on um that that game in hand or those games in hand as you mentioned Chelsea and Arsenal have won I think it will be the, the title talk for City I almost feel the Chelsea game was the first hurdle of a hundred and linking it to, to Usain Bolt, although he never did the hurdles, but it's the first hurdle in a hundred and ten meter hurdle race as opposed to the sort of getting towards the finishing line. I think we can 
potentially maybe start using the T word in terms of a proper, proper title challenge should City go away to Arsenal, who, who don't forget they have a, a big game against Bayern Munich in midweek in the Champions League. They're trailing 1-0 there. They were already down to a few bare bones with injuries. Um, I think we could potentially speak in about a, a proper title challenge so should City do the same away to Arsenal, which I almost feel... This season, although Arsenal below Chelsea is somewhat of a harder challenge, the way Arsenal have been playing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the last time we played them um, in the league, it was a, was it a two-one, two-one win at the at the uh, the mini had the academy stadium. The mini had yeah. the mini had, um, and 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 I think in midweek there was the uh, was it FA Cup or the or the League Cup? I can't remember which one, but it was uh, the get a game down at King uh, is it Kings Meadow play at you know the, the stadium in which Arsenal yeah. play at. Um, so that was a really, it was a really tough week for City, you know, l- lose away but win at home, uh, you know, you can, and you can kind of gather it, which is the more important competition there for them. I think obviously they'll always want to win the league, um, but you know, if they go down to Arsenal, you know, win win there, you know, that that's where you kind of you're drawing that kind of fine line between who's really in this title race. You know, this is this as you say, this is the first step. You know, you know, we can talk about how this incredible unbeaten run has gone on. But you know, if City were to slip up against Arsenal, it just it creates a different narrative. Um, you know, the narrative this week is City back in the title race. City, are, you know, they're, they're the team to beat now, uh, but they've got to continue doing it. Um, and I've got I've got belief in them. You know, Arsenal are an incredibly incredibly good side. Obviously, England captain Leo Williamson. They've been wrecked by injuries. You know, both Vivian Medema and Beth Mead, absolute star players, out with. ACL injuries and the talk about ACL injuries in women's football is one for another day. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know we've seen the get we've seen them absolutely rocked by it, and you know I think fair play to Arsenal for you know sustaining a title challenge in what has been incredibly if- difficult circumstances for them. Uh, you know sometimes you need a bit of luck in these games, and City had City had a little bit of luck today. Uh, you know you know with that especially that first goal, and that, and that's they're the type of goals that can keep you in title track title races we know this watching the men's team so many times you know the uh john stones is clearance off the line against liverpool um you know the goal that was millimeter a millimeter over the line against burnley you know it's those type of moments that can win you title races and you know that translates perfectly to women's football if a if a chelsea player had marched philip philip rangledahl do we get that first goal does that then lead to the second goal who knows it can be a totally different game from mm. that point on and it's going to, and I think it's going to be the same sort of game against Arsenal. And then you know you've got a few weeks where it's regulation, the games that you should be winning, the games you have to win. Um, and if City can keep on doing it, then the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, I must say it'll be very typical City uh, in terms of the whole brand as a club as well. But this this women's team, this version of the women's team, if they were to then beat Arsenal and I don't know, lose against Brighton or West Ham or something like that. And um, finally, then to wrap up, then it was Women's Football Weekend, the weekend just gone, uh, packed out Academy Stadium. Bit of a philosophical question: Do you, Is that? better than a half empty Etihad City of of obviously they played the the derby there earlier on in the season which was the first women's game held at the Etihad Stadium since 2019 which was again a Manchester derby so I'm pretty sure in saying City women's only only ever played at the Etihad twice whereas uh, whereas United this season have, have played there at Old Trafford four times I think it is the Arsenal women's team are playing at the Emirates in midweek against Bayern they've played there a number of times they played United there early in the year Chelsea as well have done Stamford Bridge a number of times 
the the academy stadium is a, is a really good arena it's a high quality arena it's better than some women's super leagues home matches uh sorry home stadiums be that shared ground or, or sort of owning on their own however you know you see old trafford packed out with 30 odd thousand united fans you see the emirates stadium with with, with the uh, with arsenal fans as well do you almost feel like perhaps city are missing a trick or does it give them the competitive edge of having the same home ground every week? I think for these for the bigger games, you know, against these top teams, I think you know we should always be trying to get uh, them in the Etihad. You know, I, I don't care if it's if there's you know twenty thousand, thirty thousand people in there because that's still you know at least ten thousand more mm. than you're getting in the Academy Stadium. And the Academy Stadium, as we said, it's a fantastic facility. Um, you know, it's probably it's probably the best quality pitch in the WSL. Um, mm. You know, same same people who do you know all the training ground do the Etihad. Um, so it's, it's a really high quality facility. And we, and we know the team like playing there. As you say, it's that, it, it, that's true home advantage. Playing at the Etihad isn't home advantage in the same way. You know, it can be great walking out to a full stadium like it, is, like it was at the Manchester Derby's held there. And, you know, in, in times gone by, watching Caroline Weir put in a screamer against Man United has always been an entertaining <laughs> one. But, at the same time, you know, you've got 7,000, you could have up to 7,000 away fans there, which is, you know, most what you're probably getting in the Academy Stadium most weeks. That can mm. be a bit intimidating. Uh, putting it on the game specifically today, you know, you'd think women's football weekend is the perfect opportunity. Um, and when you and when you advertise these things well in advance, you're going to get the ticket sales. You know, women's football is cheaper to, to attend. It's always uh, you know family friendly times it's it's a, it's it's still a family friendly atmosphere which is somewhat some would argue is to the detriment of the women's game i don't think it is mm. i think it can be i think it's a real positive and it's a good way to grow the game for now um but i think next season we need to see more than one game at the etihad uh you know mm. in, a, in a dream circumstance it would be pretty much a ground share but you know women's mm. football isn't quite at that level yet in this country but i think we're going to get there soon enough and I think the argument would be made that with the Academy Stadium, there's a, a not so much purpose-built arena, but you know there was always the intention for the women's team to have their ground, and you almost become accustomed to that as a professional. And I know in the past, women's players of women players have spoke about the fact that switching from this big colossal arena going to the usual ground, which is more compact, you know, they do enjoy that 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 continuity and rightly so any sports person would it'd be it'd be a bit crazy if one premier league game for the men they went and played i don't know uh brighton at the academy stadium or something like that and you know it'd be it'd be different so you can understand why they stick with it but like you say to grow the game it would be great to have more of those occasions like we had with the manchester derby earlier in the year um ollie will wrap up there then thank you very much for your company it's been a, a good way to kick off the week yeah it's good to be uh back into it talking about football football daily uh, on this podcast yeah. again it's been a good one yeah absolutely um, like I said plenty more coming this week tomorrow we've got a really fun episode looking at some of your unpopular Manchester City opinions dear me there are some absolute <laughs> shockers in there um, so stick around for that one tomorrow if you haven't already rate and review follow subscribe that would be really appreciated and until next time we'll see you later The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.